0: Welcome to Geek Exploration, the podcast where you don't have to say our names three times.
1: Yeah, yeah, times is the word. Leave
0: it in! <laughs> I'm Ben Robinson.
1: And I'm John Williams. Put on your favorite Calypso record, grab your handbooks, and watch out for sandworms. We're talking Beetlejuice. <laughs> Wow, you didn't even go back for a clean one, so that means you have to leave it in. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the only one.
1: Oh, well, I guess you could go back and do a pickup afterwards. We are at your house and this is your
0: equipment. The thing is, I won't. Perfect. So, uh, how you doing, John? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing fantastic.
1: Yeah, here we are in the booth. Um, after quite a break, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, just, uh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Unplanned life gets <laughs> in the way. Life finds a way. I don't know, but, um, I'm happy to be here. Um, we've, yeah, we've taken some time off. I think, you know, as we were, we were talking about before, or as the listener probably picked up on, um, there's a bit of burnout after four. Hey, happy fifth anniversary. Couple, oh, yeah, that's couple a couple weeks after that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we've been doing this for five years off and on now. I mean, we were,
0: we were pretty, pretty damn good. The, the first four years.
1: Yeah. The first four years we were solid, but, uh, you know, you run out of things to say. There's a lot of shit you got to take care of as you become a, an older person with, uh, <laughs> with family and, and jobs and such.
0: Like we're elderly people now or
1: something. I feel elderly, man. Every time I get out of bed, <laughs> my, my elbows have started popping now. My elbows. Like, I'm used to the knee pops and the neck and the back and my elbows are popping now. All right. Um, yeah, I turned 41. Yeah, Crotchety you sure did, old, man. old
0: piece of shit. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, enjoy this last month of your, uh, of your 40th. Well, no, I guess it's your, it is your 41st year. Enjoy the last month of your 41st year. That's true. Yeah. Um,
0: but no. Yeah, things yeah, have, spooky season came upon us and we, it inspired us like, hey, you know what? Those are usually pretty fun episodes. Let's uh, let's do let's do a if not two episodes. Do we do we build a, build up hype and expectations? See if we can pull it off.
1: Yeah, let's let's answer let's answer to ourselves. Um, yeah, yeah, we wanted to do at least one spooky episode. I started listening to our old episodes, ghosts and zombies and survival horror video games and stuff, and I, I you know I I was enjoying them back in back when we were young. And this was even, I think uh, one of them was pre-COVID that I listened to. There was time back then, that's for sure. We had, we had, and like, yeah, you know, what, what yeah, can go- you do?
0: Yeah, going into COVID, there was definitely less things to occupy your time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, we decided to do it. We were looking for a topic. Ben suggested Halloween, which I think was brilliant. And then I had the question of, do we do two episodes? And I had just watched Beetlejuice with my family. Um, My daughter, who is historically a big turbo wuss, uh, I finally found the key to getting her interested in watching Beetlejuice, because her favorite movie of all time, and it has been since she was a little kid, it's so weird that she's such a, a weenie about everything, is Nightmare Before Christmas. She loves that movie to death, and I'm like, yeah, it's animated, but a kid pulls a severed head out of a present.
0: Yeah, it, but it's very stylized though, you know, like it, it it's very obviously not real. So I don't know, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah, but she doesn't know any better. She just had a really closed mind. I don't know. Yeah, the, Yeah, the effects on a severed head probably wouldn't need to be that great to fool your daughter. <laughs> yeah. But I finally
1: got it through my thick skull to just say like, hey, like, this, this guy, Tim Burton, who, you know, was the originator of Nightmare Before Christmas. It's based on all his designs and everything. And she knows Danny Elfman by now because I listen to Oingo Boingo and all the different soundtracks. And she's seen Batman that Tim Burton and Danny Elfman did together. I'm just like, these people that did all these things you love also did this movie. So, like, why wouldn't you want to see another thing that they created? You might love it. Yeah, she's and- a
0: huge Alec Baldwin fan, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Hollywood Hollywood Murderer, <laughs> Alec Baldwin. Uh wow, he is a young man in this. But Yeah, every
0: pe- everybody's young in this. I I watched it uh, Haley watched it with me, shockingly. And I I asked if she recognized Winona Ryder. And she was like, "No." And I'm like, "That's the mom from Stranger Things." And she was like, "No way." So,
1: question for you. You just said Winona Ryder. Am I wrong? Because I was listening to a podcast about Beetlejuice, and they were also saying Winona Ryder. I've always just said Winona. Winona? Winona Ryder. I've never heard that in my life. What in the world? This is so bizarre. Winona? Yeah, Winona. It's, it's just a, it's a soft y, a y sound instead of a hard Y.
0: Yeah, no, I've never heard anyone said that.
1: Okay. I've always Judds. said
0: Wynonna.
1: Judds, Ashley, uh, Mama Judd, and... Winona. Winona Judd. Okay. I, that one sounds right. I feel like I've always said Winona <laughs> Judd.
0: I mean, I don't, like, I'm not sure I've ever heard Miss Ryder herself say it, so I, I couldn't tell you for sure, but.
1: I just feel like anytime I've ever heard anybody say it before today, it's always been just, just a soft, like, like no emphasis on it, Winona Ryder.
0: Wow. We exist in two different worlds that have just today converged, John. I have no idea.
1: Whoa. All right, everybody. If you're really excited to have us back, then, uh, wow, I've I, I watched too much YouTube. I, I felt compelled to say, like, smash that like button and, <laughs> and hit subscribe. And um, no, Those buttons
0: I, don't exist, but do it anyway.
1: Yeah. Call 916-ORCTURD, 916-ORCTURD, and tell us how you pronounce
0: blank writer.
1: Yes, yeah, the the person who plays Lydia Dietz in this and uh make fun of the person who does not say it the way you do.
0: Yeah, they are a moron. Yeah. All right, sorry,
1: you were saying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I was just say she was she is she was surprised and did not make the connection that that was the mom from Stranger Things at all. That's weird cuz she looks Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's older, obviously, but yeah. like, you know, it's very clearly her.
1: There was a candid shot, uh, you know, like a paparazzi photo from the set of Beetlejuice 2 that had her in a car. She looks just the same. That haircut. I mean, yeah, her face is a little bit older, but I was just like, yeah, that's absolutely Lydia Dietz. <laughs> <laughs> that was not planned, by the way. Yeah. Oh, and... Sorry, just to go back oh, yeah. to to my to my family story. We watched it and the little one came up to me at the end and whispered in my ear. I don't know why she didn't want her mom to hear it right away. She's like, You are right. That movie was fantastic. I was like, All right, there we go. Good good work, kid. Now, now I just gotta for some reason she's gotta hang up about Edward Scissorhands. She even watched like the first 20 minutes or half hour with me.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean that one I guess he's not any spookier looking than Beetlejuice
1: No, is. And there's all those like bright pastel colors of the neighborhood. Yeah. And like, like once you get out of the house, it's not, it's not creepy at all. It's fucking
0: hilarious. And like the, the afterlife stuff and the, you know, scary face things that they do in Beetlejuice are way more graphic than anything in Edward Scissorhands.
1: Yeah. by like a lot. Yeah. Which, you know what? I gotta say, I'm really proud of my kid. I, I actually upgraded her today. From turbo wuss to just regular wuss, because nice. she she sat through all the stuff in Beetlejuice, all the face ripping off and throat slits and uh, dude,
0: the run over guy that's all flattened and yeah. the lady that's cut in half. Like there's, you know, none of it's like it's all pretty stylized still. Like it, none yeah. of it's like super graphic, gory, nasty. But uh, for her, mm. that's that that's that's probably some of the the most graphic stuff she's. Seen and certainly enjoyed.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and we also watched Monster Squad. We finished it this morning. And like, I mean, it's it's creepy. I'm I'm actually surprised the creepiness didn't get her, you know, just like with some of the monster stuff. But like when Wolfman gets blown up by dynamite, yeah, and there's like all of his severed parts and like the upper half of his torso and his head, you know, like
0: his she, nards, yeah.
1: Wolfman <laughs> does got nards. <laughs> She didn't even cover her eyes. I was like, all right, my, my, my kids growing up a little bit. This is great. Maybe I just put too much pressure on her when she was younger. Where like, it was stuff. I probably would have been scared by when I was her age. Try like the thing next. Yeah. Or poltergeist. No, I will not show her poltergeist. (laughs) In fact, that, that was one of the funny things about listening to our old Halloween episodes is this year I was talking to Angelina about finally conquering poltergeist. And I was listening to the old episodes talking about how I was going to do it that year. That was like three years
0: ago. <laughs> I don't think we're doing a Poltergeist episode, so.
1: No, you did suggest it. Yeah, um, But that would probably require me to watch it up here on your property at night and then record a podcast after.
0: In the and then drive home in the dark. Yeah.
1: Much like uh, playing five, <laughs> nights on, uh, five Nights at Freddy's on your virtual reality rig. That's not going to happen.
0: I've got Phantasmophobia. What's that? It's a ghost hunting game.
1: Nope. <laughs> well, I mean, depending on how... I, I don't imagine it's cartoony. It's not like, uh, like Toy Story presents. No, it is, yeah. it is not.
0: Or Phasmophobia, I think it's called,
1: actually. No T. Really? It would make sense with the T because it'd be a phantasm?
0: That, that's what I thought. That's what I think every time I say it. But it is just Phasmophobia. Eh, they're wrong. I don't know. Is that the actual word for being scared of ghosts? Phasmophobia? Maybe. I don't know. Listeners, call 916 or
1: Turd and tell us because we're not going to use our pocket computer. Um, Okay. Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. I fucking love this movie. Yeah. Sorry. I didn't didn't play into it. (laughs) Um, I should have. I mean, yeah. We're rusty. Um, I fucking love this movie. Like I've I've loved it since the first time I saw it. Um, like this goes back to a time before there was a Tim Burton style. You know, like like yeah, we all we true. all know we oh. all know that what what Tim Burton style is. But I mean, if it existed when I first saw this, like I didn't know about it yet.
0: Like there's Frankenweenie, but like that that wasn't big.
1: No, no. Like I mean, and I had to be. I was probably under 10 when I saw this. Like it came out in 1988. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we were six years old when it came out. Jeez. Oh, whoops. Awfully specific uh, dating of us. I'm sure oh, wait, we've we were just done that before. Yeah, we were just talking about turning 41.
0: Yeah. I think um, people can do arithmetic. <laughs> maybe. Oh, well, they've got
1: phones that can do it for them. Um, but like, this was the logical evolutionary step in the Tim Burton style from Pee-wee. Like, like I, I sort of... I was thinking about it. Like, I kind of broke it down into, like, the, the evolution and the growth of Tim Burton. And I think it goes from Pee-wee to this, to Batman, to Edward Scissorhands, then to Batman Returns. And then from then on, or at least when he made Batman Returns, he was Tim Burton. Tim Burton we know yeah. from that point on. Because, like, you have Pee-wee. Which I mean, we've talked about at length, but it was a, a quirky oddball character and a somewhat surreal adventure story with funny characters and like goofy fun animations because he, you know, he was an animator
0: and weird ass shapes. Yeah. Like you, know, like, you know, odd geometry everywhere. Like that, that's, that is very much a Tim Burton thing. Yeah. It's like, the door, doorways that are not rectangles.
1: Yeah. Like weird German expressionistic, strange angles. Yeah. Then you have Beetlejuice, where you introduce like his darker side. Like there's lots of weird art that looks like his drawings, his weird fucking drawings. Like one of those sculptures, the one that the dude just like tosses onto the table callously. That looks like a Tim Burton drawing. It's just just weird shapes and little squigglies coming out and shit. And you're
0: like, I wouldn't be surprised if Tim Burton made that prop. Of course he did.
1: Or, or <laughs> it was based on one of his drawings. Um, you've got like people that are all morose and interested in the macabre. You've got like outsiders in a quaint setting. Uh, you have more, more stop motion animation and like some gross out humor in this one. Like there's more stop motion than I remembered. I think it had been, yeah, probably a couple of years since I'd seen this. Then after this movie, you go to Batman where Tim, this is like Tim Burton does mainstream. Like there's no more quirky characters or animations or surreal imagery. Like this was the closest Tim Burton ever got to being a Hollywood director. You know, like, like doing, doing stuff for the studio that was going to make money.
0: But it's, but it's still got some dark, I mean, and, you know, having Joker as the main villain, it made a lot of sense because he, he, be, he could do some of the goofiness with Joker and kind of keep, you know, it's Batman. So, the you know, kind of a dark, dreary atmosphere makes sense.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, like, the lonely outsider and, like, the darkness is sort of in, like, the killing Um, you know, the, the, the way people die is certainly grotesque.
0: Unfortunately, he didn't, he didn't have Michael Keaton grab his dick once in that.
1: (laughs) Um, yeah. And, and like, of course, with a, with a property like Batman, like that's going to be the one where there's more producers and studio heads and stuff saying like, no, this is what you have to do. But then after the success of Batman, you've got Edward Scissorhands. Where it's a return to smaller budgets. There's it's more insulated storytelling with an an oddball main character again. Like this is probably like his supreme oddball main character.
0: The guy's got scissors for hands, <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and he lives in a house, and he was created by a scientist that made cookies. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, you know, it, it's got a quirky supporting cast and a smaller story. Like th- this is where. I feel like he truly became Tim Burton, like, no going back. Like, they, they allowed him to do exactly what he wanted to because he was a bankable Hollywood machine now. You know, like, I mean, even going back to Pee Wee, they made it on an $8 million uh, budget, and it made, like, 40 million in, the, in the, uh, North America. Yeah. So it, it was, without a doubt, a huge success. And same with Beetlejuice. Like, it did well. Don't actually have the box office on that. And then after that, he, it, it shows that it was full Tim Burton by Batman Returns. You know, in Batman Returns, like he's back in Batman's world, but everything now is like Batman by way of Edward Scissorhands. You know, like the, he's got like gross, weird, pale characters. In the form of, like, Penguin, penguin and Catwoman. Penguin
0: is just fucking weird. I mean, yeah, but back
1: before then, he was, like, a goofball with a big nose and a big pot belly and a top hat and a monocle. You know, yeah, like, he was
0: like, just, like, a, like a, a, a weird-looking rich guy. Yeah. That did crime, and now he's, like, an actual deformed penguin man that eats fish and has sharp teeth and is just, just a fucking monster. Yeah. Way more Tim Burton.
1: Yeah, like, that, that fish-eating is disgusting, and that is actually Danny DeVito devouring raw fish. Like
0: what a off. treasure that man
1: is. I've seen interviews with him, and I've heard things from people that worked with him where, like, he stayed in character. No oh, shit. Sure, and he loved it. Like, when he talks about the role, like, he loved being Penguin and just being disgusting and gross.
0: And that'd be harder to believe if he hadn't been Frank Reynolds, and you're like, oh, no, this guy's into it. <laughs>
1: yeah. And so like after you, after watching Batman returns in that context, like you, you look at that and like compare it to the first one, like it is so much more Tim Burton. Oh yeah. Like, every, everything like the, the clown gang, Max Shrek, Catwoman, like everything just feels like it's a Tim Burton drawing now. And ironically, I think that might've been when I started liking him less and less with each movie he made.
0: Yeah. I, I mentioned that yesterday that, Haley asked about the new Beetlejuice. And I was like, you know, I'm, ca- I'm 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 cautiously optimistic, but like Tim Burton hasn't done anything that was really good in a, in a while. I you know, I never saw Wednesday, and I'd heard some I've heard some decent things about it that it that it was pretty good.
1: It was very popular. I watched the first yeah. episode or two, um, but didn't have us clamoring for more.
0: It didn't seem like it fit with what the Adams Family as I know it and the characters I know, it, but I don't, you know, going into it, but I, I haven't seen it. So I couldn't speak to that. Uh,
1: I, I remember us talking about it probably during our Adams Family episode where you were worried about her going to a school for the supernatural and stuff, you know, like, well, and like, like
0: trying to like solve a crime. Like, no, she'd be perpetrating crimes. She's yeah. not going to be solving. She, she doesn't know what she does.
1: I have a feeling just from what I saw that the show is what you fear.
0: Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's why I didn't get around to watching it. And I
1: did hear, I remember hearing something about how like, you know, the creators were saying in the second season they were going to have a lot less like interpersonal or like a lot less like romantic entanglement. That's good because if there's one thing Wednesday doesn't need, it's romantic entanglement except in Adam's Family Values because they treated that perfectly.
0: Well, yeah, like someone could be romantically involved in her. Yeah. That's some good shit there. Yeah. So, uh, back to Beetlejuice.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Beetlejuice. I fucking love it. I mean, you've got a, like we said, a turbo young, thin, handsome Hollywood murderer, Alec Baldwin. Uh, you've got an adorable young Gina Davis and a Michael Keaton you'd never recognize.
0: He's so fucking good in this movie.
1: You know, I was trying to watch, I was, I was, when I was watching it with the kid, I was like, tell me if you know who that is. You know, just to blow her brain in the end with like, that's the same guy that played Batman and we had just watched the flash too i mean that that's some range there
0: as i understand it like he came up with a lot of what who beetlejuice was as a character like his characterization of beetlejuice was very much his his own
1: yeah and not not only physically cuz like he did he did do a lot of work um with the physical side of the character because he initially he didn't understand the character like he turned the role down twice because oh, really? yeah cuz he didn't he didn't get it like, like it's as simple as that like he would talk to Tim Burton and he's like like you seem really nice and you're creative and stuff but but like just don't get it and it was after the third time when Tim Burton met with him where where he he started trying he started started getting it but he also was doing stuff on his own to try to figure out the character to figure out what um. What could get him to the place where he could say these lines with confidence and like, you know, what kind of person would be saying this? He he uh, he and Tim Burton came up with the idea of having like the mold around his face and his hairline and his neck. And um, a lot of the uh, the physical appearance was based on a character named Chop Top from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Two. And if you see a picture of Chop Top, you will totally like you won't be able to unsee it. Yeah, go ahead and do it on your on your computing machine.
0: Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Hmm.
1: Have you ever seen that
0: movie? I I know I have, but it's been a long time. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess the teeth. Yeah. And the the hair except it goes down instead of up.
1: Yeah, and Michael Keaton came up with that with the hair too, like he he wanted it to feel like like he had just been like struck by lightning or like like energized, you know, and it it, it helped inform the character. And most of the uh of Well, I I can't say most because I don't I don't actually have a percentage thing, but a lot of his stuff was improvised.
0: I'm kind of curious what the original script had for for Beetlejuice to say, because it it feels like it was improvised or like it was just him. Like, it seems so natural. Yeah, especially when he first
1: meets with the Maitlands.
0: Yeah. His movements and everything like he's just he's so animated, like little dances he does and, you know. You know, lifting skirts up and grabbing his junk and yeah, I
1: I love that so much when he's like lifting the skirt up and and, and uh, Adam's just like just like you know stops and he's like what like the way he looks at it like it, it I don't know <laughs> like
0: it, he has no idea he's doing anything wrong yeah he's just being cheeky and friendly like this is just you know he's a normal guy
1: he's a persistent perv in that <laughs> yes, scene like I I've always known that but like when I was watching it you know when when you're watching it with other people you watch it through different eyes. And, uh, and I was like, holy crap, like, this, it's, it's nonstop.
0: He is a relentless hound.
1: Yeah. When I was, uh, when I was making notes for this and, and writing about, you know, how young everybody is and everything, like, it got me thinking, like, this was my first exposure to most of the cast, you know, that, that, that I would go on to, you know, play roles throughout my life both Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Like this is definitely the first thing I saw them in Michael Keaton. Probably unless I saw this after Batman W Ryder, uh, Catherine O'Hara, um, Hollywood pervert, Jeffrey Jones, definitely Dick Cavett and Robert Goulet. Yeah. You know, like I, 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 (laughs) but then again, I, I haven't had much exposure to Robert Goulet at all. Um, Dick Cavett, I, I only know from watching old episodes of his talk show.
0: I mean, Jeffrey Jones was like the bad guy in uh, everything he ever did.
1: Yeah, Stay Tuned, Ferris Bueller's Day Off.
0: Howard the Duck.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Was he one of the main roles in Mom and Dad Save the Universe or something? Or Mom and Dad Save the World? I
0: have no idea. That doesn't even sound familiar to me. But uh, he was always kind
1: of a goon. He looks
0: like a yeah. uh, friggin- <laughs> He's got the face of a goon, for yeah. sure.
1: Slimy bastard.
0: I mean, and you know, Catherine O'Hara, probably Beetlejuice, maybe Home Alone. I'm not sure which one of those I saw first. Ooh, good call. I mean, Beetlejuice came out first, right? What year was Home Alone? I don't know. 90 or something?
1: 90 does sound right. Somewhere
0: in that range. I mean, I guess into first impressions to be like... I did not see this movie in the theater. I was too small. Like this movie is one that I encountered well after it came out. So I'm not sure when I actually saw it.
1: You know, why don't we go into first impressions?
0: Yeah. The odd thing, my first impression of Beetlejuice was not this movie at all. It was the cartoon. Like I remember watching the, I, I think I, I'm certain I saw the cartoon prior to seeing the movie because it was on Saturday morning And, uh...
1: That's when you were watching things. Yeah,
0: that's... Yeah, I'd go and I'd watch me some cartoons in the morning because I was, like, six and seven.
1: Yeah, it came out in 89.
0: Yeah, and that was, like, prime, prime cartoon watching time. And so, like, that was my main impression of Beetlejuice. And then later on saw the movie. And, uh, they're a little different. Yeah. Beetlejuice is kind of the bad guy in the movie.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely.
0: So, and he's definitely... Not in the cartoon. Like him and Lydia are good buddies instead yeah. of him being a weird perv that wants to uh, marry her and do just ungodly things, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, I, I don't imagine sex with Beetlejuice would be pleasant at all.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. I just <laughs> imagine, imagine just uh, makes, a, makes a snake somewhere else, but still got the face on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's, it's hard to say for certain whether I saw the cartoon first or not, but- my first actual memory of Beetlejuice was uh, was the movie, and it was over at our family friends the the Jensens' house, where I I realize now that's where I first saw uh, Bishop get ripped in half at the end of Aliens. Nice. That's where I first saw uh, Molarom rip out a heart in, in Temple of Doom, and it was the first place where I saw my first imprint, like my first solid memory of this Beetlejuice saying. Nice fucking model and grabbing his dick and honking it twice, like for that, <laughs> like that is what stood out to me. I'm not sure I saw the whole movie, but I know I saw that place or that part, and just like hearing an F word and then seeing him go honk, honk on on his junk, like it just that stuck with me forever.
0: Yeah, you know, that that's like ten year old gold. But mm-hmm. what was this movie rated? Was it PG thirteen?
1: Had to have been because PG 13 existed by the time this came
0: out. Oh no, it was PG. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, god goddamn, the 80s were so great. Like you've got a, a PG movie with dick honking and fucks and shits.
1: That's that's actually really shocking because I mean PG 13 existed at this point. Wow, somebody was asleep
0: at the wheel. That's wonderful. I love that this that, that it's PG. Because that's <laughs> still the rating. So if someone who, for some reason, hadn't seen Beetlejuice yeah, yeah. went into it now and some, like, oh, it's PG. Some modern Mormon yeah, family. This should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> nope.
1: I mean, that's probably what happened with my family. <laughs> They're like, oh, we can put this on for the kids. It's a spooky movie, but it's PG. It's fine.
0: <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> like Hocus Pocus.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, But then again, we had, we had Return to Oz back then, which was sheer nightmare fuel. I almost put that on for the kid.
0: No, no fucks, though. It's Oz.
1: Or Dick Honkin.
0: Would have made it better.
1: Especially if it was like the, the evil queen that, that changes heads. If she just went, nice fucking slippers, honk honk. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: Did you watch the cartoon much when you were a kid? I
1: remember watching it and loving it. I remember yeah. him calling her babes. I remember Jacques. I remember the, uh, the big hairy dude whose name I can't remember right now. Because I didn't get to watch enough of it in research
0: i didn't watch any of it at all but yeah the skeleton shock yeah the big uh i know you're talking about a big yeah and he had
1: like cowboy boots and i think a cowboy hat too yeah and he had like a dog maybe i don't know you can bet your ass i'm gonna be watching that because i went and bought the whole series
0: oh no shit
1: yeah all like 94 episodes um i really wanted to watch some and i think They've gotten litigious or something because YouTube does not have any full episodes at all. It's just got tons of teeny tiny little clips. And that was not doing it. You know, I've got a kid that enjoyed the movie and this is a cartoon.
0: From what I remember, it was it was just fairly good, silly fun with, uh, you know, Beetlejuice being less crass, but still pretty Beetle. Juicular. it's still it's still pretty gross yeah he's he's picking bugs out of his hair and eating them and
1: yeah you know he smiles and he's got beetles between each one of his teeth
0: yeah good 80s gross out cartoons yeah they don't make them like that anymore
1: yeah man i mean walmart must have just stocked for the spooky season or something because on a whim i um i checked the website and they had the whole series for 25 bucks and it was in stock at the store. Oh, so I bought it on like
0: DVDs. Yeah, huh? yeah. I
1: ran and got it immediately. Man, we're having internet problems right now, and it is making streaming very difficult. Pisses me off. Everything works except the Roku. We even switched the Roku.
0: That's the important part. Yeah.
1: So I'm better off using my phone as a hotspot.
0: No shit, that yeah. bad. Yeah. So I mean,
1: I love Beetlejuice because I mean, maybe this like my my dissertation on on Beetlejuice. This is my uh, what do they call that when you're uh, when you're graduating college, your thesis. Thesis. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I love that that Beetlejuice like exists in a world all its own. Like like it's it's just it's it's in a teeny tiny town in New England. You know, like it starts it starts off with that fucking excellent shot panning over the town which eventually turns to a yeah, model yeah, slow, like yeah like you can tell when, when it when it does the yeah, fade like, into the like model.
0: all of a sudden it's a model now
1: which that's an actual town in uh in vermont
0: i believe yeah i think it's supposed to be in connecticut
1: yes yeah and it's I, I think it's called it's called east corinth i believe is is the name of the town um they built the facade of the house up on the hill which they've built again for the uh for the sequel now um, but the rest of the town, other than the house and the covered bridge that the accident happens on is all there. I bet they get really irritated with pseudo goths going and visiting there, making the pilgrimage out to there. <laughs> you know, it, it starts in a small town and ventures into the world of the dead, like all while feeling like still small and intimate. You know, maybe that's a part of its appeal, that even though there are, like, broad concepts like the afterlife and hell and ghosts and hauntings, like, it still takes place in a house and an office.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah those yeah. are your locations. And Saturn. Is that where it is? That's what...
1: I, I thought there was some,
0: there was some what mention of some. That's what Beetlejuice called it. He's like, so you've been to Saturn? I hate oh. that place. Oh. Sandworms. Uh, so I think it's supposed to be Saturn, I guess, or at least that, that's, that's what I got out of it when I watched it yesterday. Interesting. I mean, I, I haven't been to Saturn. Maybe it's covered in sand and has worms. I have no idea.
1: <laughs> it's true. Like, what, what is the government keeping yeah. from us? They've <laughs> been there, the sons of bitches. You know, but I, I love that it, that it just takes place in such a small setting. And it, it tells a story of, like, a you know, a nice couple that die, unfortunately, tragically. And then they're stuck in a house, you know, for 125 years and they're going to be haunting it. But, but it's weird that like, you know, this is years before the others tricked us into, you know, we're following the ghosts. But it's interesting that you're watching a haunted house story from the perspective of a nice ghost, a nice ghost family couple.
0: Just trying to get on.
1: Yeah. And then there's these fucking weirdos from the outside that are coming in here and ruining their shit. You know, it's, it's. It's a, it's a cool juxtaposition.
0: Yeah, it's a nice inversion on the ghost story. Thank you. And, and they are such weirdos.
1: Yeah, and they're like scary invaders, like, like, like it, the ghosts would be normally.
0: I mean, like I'm not a big fan of like early 90s architecture and style in the first place, but uh, it's such an over-the-top representation of how ridiculous and uh, horrific the general style at that point in time was, and I love it.
1: I love that that you can have that as your takeaway because you know be, being who you are and what you do yeah. like you notice stuff like architecture <laughs> like
0: oh god where,
1: like I had a hard time okay let me ask you this like being being who you are and doing what you do with custom home building did you have a difficult time distinguishing the layout of the house after they go to see Juno and then all of a sudden they're in the house and it's been renovated it's been months it's renovated it's different it's updated from that point on i couldn't really like place what was where from the the house before you know like i i i didn't know where i was what rooms were there like what walls may have been knocked down or where the staircase fit into anything like it just feel it just felt off to me
0: yeah it was hard to tell cuz it seemed like In the old house, like when you first come in, there was the staircase and then there was like a, a, you know, a hallway and a living room to the left and a kitchen in the back. Okay. And then when they renovate it, there's still the staircase and the doorway and they've got like their dining room area. Yeah. Where the tallyman thing happens. Yeah,
1: yeah, the Calypso haunting.
0: But then where the kitchen was, like in that direction, is like where all the sculptures ended up. Yeah. And where they did like the seance. Yeah. And... So I don't know where the kitchen went because you don't see the kitchen anymore after they do the renovation. Yeah, it's like I feel like you no see kitchen. like a
1: little little like bar sort yeah. of thing.
0: Yeah, but there's no kitchen that you see. So I don't know where it ended up going.
1: I love the the attention detail when it comes to all the other dead people, too, because it's, you know, like the Maitlands, they drowned. So they so they just show up kind of wet and they're normal, you know, like. But, but then once you go into the afterlife and the waiting room, you know, you've got.
0: You got the shark attack guy. Yeah. Like it's
1: not just dudes with, with bullets in their head. You know, yeah. like, like there, there's uh, there's like, they all tell a story.
0: They're all like, like I said, stylized. for like, they're all kind of over the top. Like you got the guy that like clearly choked on a bone and yeah, you can see the bone. sticking
1: out of his neck. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, and something I never noticed,
1: like you've got, you've got the lady who's cut in half, um, who, who's her torso is separate from her legs. I don't know why it, like, I just never thought to think about it. Like, of course, it's a it's a magician's assistant, where where the where the accident oh, it went totally wrong.
0: Totally, is I never thought about that oh, either. I was, awesome. So she was just in like a fancy costume for some reason and got cut in half doing. But no, yeah, yeah, magician's assistant totally makes sense. Yeah, got cut in half. Now the receptionist lady, I didn't know what what was her deal. She she it's very brief.
1: She says something like, "I w- if I knew that, I wouldn't have had my accident." She holds up her wrist. Yeah, but
0: she's all blue for some reason.
1: I don't know, just for fun. Just for
0: yeah, just because Tim Burton likes pastel colors.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I wonder if that's a part of of the no, because the dude who got run over was not blue, but there were a lot of people who were working back in the office that were blue and white and green. You know, just like like they they had a hue about them.
0: were well, like the football players looked like zombies almost, like they were all blued and stuff.
1: They looked like uh like Dawn of the Dead zombies. Yeah, where they had kind of a a blue hue to their to their um their skin i mean i loved how you know the the little detail where where otho just makes some comment about how just like oh probably or, ah, i don't even remember the line well enough to to paraphrase it but he makes a comment you know that uh, implying that you know uh, you you probably become a uh, a
0: oh like a, a civil servant yeah a civil servant yeah? Like like if, if you commit, commit suicide, suicide. Yeah. yeah so i'm
1: like oh the 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 uh the beauty queen and then it got me to thinking like I wonder if the guy who got run over by the car did that as a form of suicide.
0: I don't know, but there was also the guy that was the the guy hanging from a noose that like delivers the mm-hmm. papers, you know, so he killed himself also. Uh,
1: so did Juno slit her own throat? I
0: don't know. She's the boss, so maybe, you know, that uh being a, a well, and Beetlejuice used to be her assistant assistant meaning that did he kill himself as well
1: i looked into that a little bit and there there is no definitive answer but the closest thing to an answer that somebody at least felt confident saying uh, in a youtube video was that he hung himself and because he
0: does kind of have some like ligature looking marks around his yeah
1: neck. yeah and and he he said something about being around for the black plague But then he also said something about graduating from Harvard and going to Juilliard and shit, so I don't know how how much you can trust him. But Tim Burton (laughs) himself said that Beetlejuice has existed in all times and in no time at all.
0: Maybe he's a demon. Maybe he's not even an actual human.
1: You know, if you go back to the original script by Michael McDowell, he originally was a demon.
0: I mean, he seems more powerful than a standard ghost, too. Like, he can
1: yeah especially in the cartoon he's he's the fucking genie before the genie in in Aladdin where everything he says is a pun and a, and he represents it visually with like unlimited power
0: yeah, yeah he's <laughs> he well he's the ghost with the most
1: so. yeah, well, and I guess that's uh yeah, he's not like the demon with the uh semen that was absolutely
0: the right answer <laughs>
1: um I mean. He acts like 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 that's all. He acts like he's full to the brim with that, with the way he pervs. But I guess just to touch on the original script, like this was originally written by um, spooky novelist Michael McDowell, who Stephen King like held in high regard as like the best horror writer. Oh shit,
0: I have no idea who that is.
1: Me either. But he decided he wanted to write a screenplay, so he wrote Beetlejuice, and he um originally Beetlejuice was a demon. And instead of trying to scare uh, the, uh, the Deetses, he was trying to kill them. And he was also trying to marry slash just fuck uh, Lydia Deets.
0: So was it like meant to be like a straight
1: up horror movie? Yep. It was not a funny movie. Um, whether or not it would have like satirical humor, I don't know. Um, because I have not read the script yet, although I do have it. I've oh, got the second draft. Which is still before they brought in Warren Scarin, who's a, a famous Hollywood um, script doctor, to punch it up, where they came up with a lot of the humorous stuff.
0: How did he feel about how the movie turned out? Because that's a, that's a bit of a turn uh. from, like, serious demon possession murder movie to what we ended up with.
1: Yeah, I wonder how, I wonder if, because there were several revisions before uh, Scarron came on. So I wonder if he took studio notes, studio notes well and, you know, if he was making it lighter before Scarron came in and, and, uh, and did a bunch of stuff with Tim Burton. And originally Lydia was going to die, but there was also a second uh, daughter. I don't know how any of that plays in, but apparently she was going to die in a fire. And it was going to be gruesome.
0: That's what they should make instead of Beetlejuice too.
1: <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, it just, it's all about the uh, the reboot or the remake. Yeah, sorry, Michael Keaton. Yeah, but originally the uh, the the title that the studio was going with for this movie was House Ghosts.
0: That is the worst title I've heard ever.
1: Yeah, do you get do you get the play on words?
0: Yeah, instead of house guests.
1: Okay, because. It took me a while for that to hit. I was just like, what the fuck are you talking about?
0: That doesn't make it better.
1: No, not at all.
0: (laughs) So... so Who are the house ghosts? Like... It's the Maitlands. But it's their house. They're not guests at all. The Dietzes are the guests. No,
1: fuck that. Ghosts have no ownership once they die. Get the fuck out of here. now. Yeah, because they're bothering us.
0: Did the original script still have the Maitlands? What was their role in all
1: this? Um, I don't know, because I haven't read it yet, but... I imagine the, the, that he's still a bioexorcist and that they're trying to get these people out of their house. So like, OK, we got to get involved with this demon to uh, to fucking get these assholes out of our house. And they're, they're like, I don't know. They could be like, scare him. And he's like, fuck you. I'm going to kill him.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: And then I'm going to bang the daughter and somehow get into the real world, which is pretty flimsy but Tim, Tim Burton you know because he wanted Beetlejuice as the title which I think the script called it Beetlejuice anyway but he as a joke went to the studio and suggested the name Scared Sheetless
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah which they like
0: I bet they did
1: bunch of <laughs> producer and, hacks and apparently he just like fucking like had a meltdown reports say he threatened to throw himself out the window If they, if they called it that and he, and he got his way, they acquiesced and he got, he got Beetlejuice.
0: Scared sheetless. That is, that's worse than house ghosts.
1: Yeah. I mean, since we're on the topic of, of, uh, you know, trivia originally, you know, who Tim Burton wanted to play the role of Beetlejuice.
0: Oh, um, let's see. At that time, who would have been a Robin Williams? Oh, interesting.
1: Want to try again? You're not going to get it.
0: Um, Gregory Peck.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Equally as unbelievable. I've, 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 like after I said, you're not going to get, it, I was like, oh, please just say it. Come on.
0: No, he wanted Sammy Davis Jr. Wow. Yeah. I wouldn't have guessed that. That was not on my, uh, long list.
1: Either. Yeah. Cause he was going for more of like a loungy, you know, like, like a lounge lizard. Like, yeah, sort of thing. Like a,
0: yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Yeah. And, uh, studio head David Geffen. Not a big fan of the idea. He's the one who suggested Michael Keaton. Um, Because Michael Keaton at the time hadn't done much. Done, what, Gung Ho and Why Am I Spacing Out on his other movies?
0: Yeah, I'm trying to think of anything I know him from prior to Beetlejuice. Oh, Mr.
1: Mom. Jeez, duh. But, you know, he was not, other than Mr. Mom, he was not like a household name. This is this is before Johnny dangerously really rocketed him to the uh, to the top, <laughs> but the the studio had a couple people that they wanted instead. Uh, one was Dudley Moore.
0: I could see Sammy Davis Jr. to be a totally different direction yeah. for Beetlejuice, but i i could I could see that. I have a hard time imagining him as menacing. Yeah, Dudley Moore, s- s- same thing. <laughs>
1: Like, can you imagine like Dudley Moore, like chasing after you, like covered in blood, wi- like wielding a chainsaw? You're like, it, it's such a confusing image because you're like, I should be threatened. But I, but when I look at that face, <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. Um, but then the other one that they wanted, and this one possibly makes a little more sense. I don't know. I'm really glad it didn't happen because it would probably annoy the fuck out of me is Sam Kinison.
0: Yeah. No, I, I mean, be real loud. Sam Kinison was always very (laughs) loud. I mean, but I could, I I could see the tie in for what they were going for there. I could see Sam Kinison working, but I don't, well, it's weird. I was about to say, I don't see him being as funny as Michael Keaton, but like he was a, he was actually a comedian. Like that's just, but I don't know if his, like his brand of comedy meshes with this.
1: Yeah. Little known fact, or I don't know if it's little known, but not well known. Michael Keaton actually got his start as a stand-up comic. He was coming up at the same time as like David Letterman and Jay Leno. Really? Yeah. So that's why originally he was doing comedies. And, that, and that's also why, you know, when, when he got cast as Batman, people were having a fucking meltdown. Because they were, they were worried that it was just going to go the way of Adam West.
0: I mean, that was a, a, right after Beetlejuice. Yeah. Like that. that's, you know, there wasn't a lot in Beetlejuice that made me think, that's the guy for Batman. Yeah. So I, I, I could see people being concerned there.
1: A couple other notes, I guess, just casting notes. Alyssa Milano almost got the role of, uh, of Lydia Dietz. It came oh. down to the two of them.
0: How old is Alyssa Milano?
1: Probably about the same age. Yeah. I mean, she was doing Who's the Boss in the late 80s, and she was...
0: I guess so, yeah. Yeah,
1: pre-teen to teen. Um, Angelica Houston was originally cast as Delia Dietz, and she had to drop out due to sickness. Catherine O'Hara. I can't imagine anyone
0: doing better than Catherine O'Hara did. She is just a fantastic, irritating, horrible woman in this movie. <laughs> like she's, she she does exactly what that she needs to do for that character. Yes. She is the she's, worst. She's
1: so brilliant. Great. She is so brilliant. And like let's see, what's the right way to say? It? I've never found her to be particularly attractive. And uh, and, and I, I respect the hell out of, out of, um, act- actresses who are so fucking talented that, that like, that it's not, you know, you never have to, oh, jeez I, I can't think of a way to say this without sounding like a, like a fucking asshole, but, but like, you know, there are some actresses out there who've gotten roles based on their looks and not their talent in acting. And I feel like, like Catherine O'Hara is just so turbo fucking talented that like,
0: I mean, like, she's, she's not unattractive. She, but say, like, she's not a, uh, an unattractive woman. I mean, she's not, like, smoking hot. And I think her two most iconic roles for me, this and Home Alone, like, her personality does not endear her to you at all. <laughs> either. Yeah. So, like, that doesn't, that doesn't help the, the attractiveness case there. But purely physically, she's, I don't think she's that bad. Oh, maybe
1: we should just cut this whole thing out. I think I just, I, I think I had a point, and I don't think I know how to say it.
0: <laughs> That's fine.
1: Uh But no, like like I love when she's on screen, but I never have a boner for her.
0: Yeah, no, yeah, we, I mean she, <laughs> she, she <laughs> Oh, there we go. I figured it there out. You oh, jeez. Huh? Clarity. <laughs> 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 she, she uh I mean she steals almost every scene she's in like she's so good at just being over the top i i don't know if i'd noticed it before and if i had i'd forgotten about how when like she's they first walk into the house and she's talking about what she wants to do and and uh charles Dietz is like like hey you know like like how about we don't do that and, and she like goes up and says something to him and he kind of like relents and then she licks his nose oh weird
1: I must have been looking down it's, at my phone like taking a note she or like something goes
0: over and just like licks the tip of his nose real quick and like smiles at him and walks away. And I was like that is <laughs> an insane thing to do. I love that.
1: I love when it, when in in that same scene when he's like, you know, trying to get her to calm down and stuff with her and Otho walking around and making all these plans and spray painting everything. And she I, I can't remember the lead in, but but she says something like, you know, if you you've moved me here away from the city and all of our friends And if you don't let me do this, this is the quote. She says, I will go insane and I will take you with me. Like that, that line has always stuck with me since I was a little kid. I was like, I love that. I will go insane and I will take you with me. Like, oh, that's a good threat. And it works. And that look she gives him in that moment. Like she's almost staring right down the barrel of the camera, but her eyes are just wide and her face is like stone. (laughs) Oh, I love that lady. Other things I love in the movie. Man, not gonna help my uh my image here as as uh, judging based <laughs> on, on but it was just the next note I had on in, in my notes during the calypso scene. Boy do I love that that gold butt when they stick their butts up to shake just for just for like a two second scene, the lady in that gold dress, boy, I love the way the light reflects off of that shiny gold butt.
0: <laughs> that scene is brilliant. Yeah like I still remember the first time cuz I did not see it coming at all the first time I watched that the movie and uh it was very like it's it's silly and uh and everyone just like f- like the, they they sell it cuz like their faces like they're doing the thing they they all look like they're being compelled to do something and do it well yeah but like you see the little shots of their of like fear in their faces and confusion as to like why am I doing this like when they're
1: when they're popping the little hankies around or the napkins, I yeah, guess.
0: Especially like especially Catherine O'Hara's face, like when she starts it, and she's just like kind of like looking around, like w- like why am I doing this? What is going on? But then she's also like has little bits where she's just fully into it. Yeah. <laughs> then you see Lydia Dietz over in the corner snickering the whole time. Oh really? Yeah, because she, she's not compelled. Like they're not messing with her, so she just like kind of stands up and she's like smiling and like walks over to the corner and she's just like giggling at them the whole time wow i've never even noticed that
1: oh that's awesome oh that gold butt (laughs) but i mean and yeah when you're when you're watching it as a little kid like it's it's so funny and goofy and harmless because they're they're you know the that deo song like that it's you're talking about bananas and drinks of rum and shit like you know like daylight come and me one go home like it's but then all of a sudden when those friggin' cocktail shrimp hands like shoot up out of the bowls and grab their faces. And like
0: shove them back in their chairs so they all fall on the ground. Yeah, like, that.
1: like that's pretty gnarly. And, and I heard that apparently they were having a lot of trouble shooting that part because all the special effects people are under the table. And they're having a hard time like grabbing faces and like doing it all at the right time and stuff. So Dick Cavett, of all people, um, had the idea to shoot it in reverse. So, you know, they, they go from the chairs, you know, put, their, put their, uh, their faces into the hands and the hands, you know, go down from their faces down into the bowl. I was like, that works really well. I kind of want to go back and watch that scene again, and just see if I can catch see if the you reverse. you pick
0: up any reverse weirdness. Yeah.
1: I was like, that's smart. Dick Cabot, save the scene.
0: I guess a good segue off of that section uh, in general, as far as wonderful things about this movie is the music. Yeah. I think the Beetlejuice like theme might be one of my favorite or I'm certain it's one of my favorite. It might be my favorite, like Danny Elfman film score. Cool. Fucking love the Beetlejuice theme. It's just, it's, it's big, spooky and fun all at the same time.
1: Yes. Yeah. The main title sequence, especially I've got, I've got that on my phone, like in, in my music library, along with all of my, my rock and roll and, and other Danny Elfman stuff in the form of Oingo Boingo, but, but like, yeah, as far as like his scores go, I have that one in there. The little one used to get scared at that.
0: Really? Just the sound of that yep. song? Because it's not, like I said, it's scary, but also fun. Like, it's not like scary horror music. Like, it's it's kind of like carnival-esque almost, you know? Totally.
1: Like, it fits what Beetlejuice looks like when he pops up in the end, and, he, and he's got the uh, the you know, like a, the, the mobile oh, yeah, yeah. On, on his head, yep. which by the way is the first appearance of Jack Skellington. There's a little, little skull head in the middle of it that looks just like Jack Skellington.
0: Oh, no shit.
1: Yeah. But yeah. And I love how that song builds too. Cause it, cause it, you know, it starts like the boom, 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 yeah, boom, boom, yeah. boom, 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 boom. But then like, you know, it builds and builds until the part where like my favorite part in that whole song. And I've loved it since I, since I was a little kid. I mean, this I'm doing it it's terrible to try to do a a fucking whole orchestrated piece with your mouth but but when it finally builds all the way up and like the like i i love it, it it's um uh, different than like a batman march or a superman slash star wars slash indiana jones score oh yeah
0: it's so much more bombastic yeah like it's just it's powerful and fun i just fucking love it yeah
1: so let's talk about Beetlejuice himself. So what do you think about the, uh, his snake form?
0: I think it's great. Like that, his weird ass face on the end of a snake. Yeah. It's fantastic. He's got the, the big sharp teeth and like big snake-ish kind of eyes. Yeah. They're more like cat eyes, really. But They're, they're giant. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've got like the, you know, vertical cat eyes. Do slit. they have the slits? Yeah. But it's still got his little bit of like hair on the top.
1: I um I watched a behind the scenes, uh, little featurette with that, and that that face was actually like fully robotic, and like automated. So even though it's stop motion animation they're doing, like they, they controlled it all.
0: Well, yeah, you can see his like lips curling and stuff in it. Like the, the the amount of articulation they got out of his face was pretty impressive. It showed them doing uh
1: speech tests on it, like like real time speech tests, and it was fucking wild. Like like the the line where it was like. We're here for your daughter. Like, like whatever that line was. And um, it was like, that thing's creepy. Like, I expected the kid to get scared at, at, uh, at that part. She didn't. She's a trooper. She's just a regular wuss now, growing
0: up. <laughs> I mean, all the visual effects. I mean, so, like the sandworm, lo, there's some spots where some stuff looks a little dated because it, I mean, it's 1988. Mm-hmm. But most of the effects look pretty dang good still. And, well, and most of them are practical. Stuff like, that, you know, like, when they stretch their faces out. Like, when Barbara's got her face stretched out, like, I like how when she's, like, talking, her her tongue still kind of, like, wiggles and moves. Like, yeah. it's just a nice touch. Like, it could have stayed static, and it would have looked fine, but, like, the fact that it just kind of, like, wiggles around a little bit. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> curls back up and comes back out, and the eyeballs move. And it's like, and th- those were masks that they made, and they look fucking good still.
1: Yeah, and I don't know if if this was just... You know, it's something they made up in retrospect, but I did hear that, that like Tim Burton wanted it to be like, like a, a, a big B movie, like, or like a love letter to old B horror movies, you know, even in the way they do special effects with using stop motion animation and stuff. And now everything's kind of goofy, which, you know, I believe it's, it's wild when they, when they, Seeing, I saw some of the armatures for um for the characters when they're doing their transformations. You know, when they're stretching their faces yeah. out and shit like that's all stop motion animation. And like the way she like flicks her eyeballs back, like that. Uh,
0: that's cool looking though. <laughs> well, and shit like the flattened guy. Yeah, I loved the flattened guy suit. Like that, it so looked cool. so fucking good. His little face on there, and like you couldn't see. I don't know where they put the rest of his body, but like you couldn't tell it was there, and it kind of slung along and.
1: Maybe that one was real.
0: Yeah, they just really flattened that guy. He was
1: a flat man. I mean,
0: uh, there's not a lot of work for flattened actors, so I appreciate the, the inclusion
1: there. Yeah, yeah. That they, actually, that they didn't just CGI like Robert Redford with the flat body. <laughs> yeah. Or Sam Jackson. Of course Sam Jackson would get the role these days. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, uh, let's take a break, yeah? Yeah, let's do that.
0: I forgot we did that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no shit.
0: hello check out our podcast grand rapidians play video
1: games every episode we review a beer Talk about games we play. And recommend a podcast or something else. I'm Willie. I'm not your normal beer snob. I've been to more than 150 different breweries, but I always keep hams in the fridge. (laughs) I'm Ginger, and I am in the first Guinness World Record Book video game edition on the Tetris page. I'm Simon, and I can usually kick their butt in most video (laughs) games. We drink while we record. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yes, we do. (laughs) Find us wherever you find podcasts, and enjoy. Welcome back, Ben.
0: Welcome back, John. How was your break? Uh, It was uh, breaktastic.
1: Um, I've got a question for you.
0: So you are
1: are a man who loves rules. I do like rules. You like to know the rules. You like to read the rules. You like to make the rules. Rules.
0: Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of laws, but rules are great.
1: Yeah. So I've got a question. When you watch Beetlejuice... What are the rules? Because Beetlejuice seems to be uh, not bound by whatever they are. Because it seems like the Maitlands have rules. They can't go out of their house unless it's to the, uh, the afterlife waiting room area, the business place. But Beetlejuice can be on TV. And he can also somehow inhabit their little model thing. So he's got the power to inhabit the model and to change the model and to drive a car in the model that does not have an engine. But he can't make himself grow up and leave the model or like get bigger and leave the model.
0: Well, and he couldn't, well, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't strongly influence the model until they said his name three times. Like they had to dig him up. Like he was able, he caught a fly and he was able to, you know, cast whatever illusion it was necessary to, to get the ad on the TV and presumably had enough influence to get his paper ad into their book. Like he was at like his house yeah, at the beginning and he was like checking the classified section. Looks nice and stupid too. Oh yeah. He was hanging out wherever Beetlejuice lives. Yeah, When he he decided to uh, see if he could fool these people into getting him free, because he's also like bound in some way because he or at least he says he is. Maybe it's just a ploy to say that, you know, he can he, he could be unbound by whatever is keeping him from being in the real world all the time by marrying Lydia. But maybe. A biting
1: social commentary on U.S. immigration policies. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. Maybe he, maybe he's just uh, bullshitting because uh, he's. It's hard to tell what he's saying. You know, lie from truth. I love how cagey he is. Like when Lydia's talking to him and he tells her he, you need to say my name three times. She's like, "What's your name?" And he's like, "Well, I can't just tell you that. Then your friends would be calling me." And yeah, yeah. Like, is he not allowed to actually divulge some of the rules, or is he just? Being weird and cagey for no reason?
1: Yeah, because he can definitely make the words on an ad or on various forms of advertisements, but he just he just can't say it
0: out loud? I don't know. Yeah, because the orange juice said juice on it. Usually, like, the rules of something like that are so that, you know, you can't use the word in your description.
1: Yeah, and in, in his TV commercial, he had, like, a big lit-up sign that said, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice on it. And, like, the paper ad said, even though Alec Baldwin famous Hollywood murderer, uh, and liberal <laughs> called it a uh, Yeah.
0: I wonder like, would Beetleguice work if you said it three times?
1: Yeah. yeah. What if you just, yeah. If you had weird pronunciation, like if you had to call Lydia in the real world and you said, why no, no, why why Would that still
0: yeah, get her there? Work? <laughs> uh, but I, I mean, one of the things I've always liked about Beetlejuice is like the the weird lore that it builds around itself, and, and and part of that lore is that the rules of the dead are Byzantine and complicated and uh, you know difficult to understand. Because as they're reading through the handbook for the recently deceased, everything's just really it's very techno babbly hard to understand. It's like reading the DMV manual, or like a or what's he say? It's like reading like a, a stereo manual
1: or something. Yeah, yeah, stereo instructions, yeah.
0: So the idea that the rules that are there don't necessarily make sense, they probably have conflicts with each other, kind of helps with the consistency of the inconsistency to a degree. But I like that there is the lore of like this this other, you know, the other world and, you know, they build on it fairly well.
1: So one thing that that I had never caught before, somehow, like in fact, both Angelina and myself, when they're first... Uh, reading the handbook for the recently deceased and it says that they will be bound to the house for 125 years which seems like kind of arbitrary number all of a sudden i was just like wait what like i've never noticed that they said 125 years that's so weird that that that, that little part always slipped by me
0: and then they mentioned it like three more times yeah
1: it's like where the fuck did this come from <laughs> uh so where do you think they go after this 125 years and why are they bound to their house?
0: When they didn't die in it?
1: Yeah, and, and I don't know, like, this movie just, I mean, it's not the point to, to try to pick no. it apart with logic. But, but it's
0: still fun. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know, like, maybe uh, haunting a house provides some sort of special psychic energy they need, and like it's like being drafted. Like, sorry, like we, you know, you died tragically. Thankfully, that means we can use you as a, uh, a ghost to haunt this house. And, uh, you know, once you've completed your service, you can move on to, uh, something better. Don't get exercised.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I mean, it's, it's pretty wild that, you know, it's a very big concern to Juno and, and to everybody that, uh, that the Maitlands are about to prove to humans that ghosts exist and that nobody's ever done that before. And all of their, all of their haunting and everything.
0: Well, they're supposed to read the manual. You know, it's all very clear in the manual. These guys just are too thick. I would
1: one hundred percent be a Maitland about about all of that. I would not read that (laughs) fucking manual. Yeah, be
0: like, oh yeah, I don't know.
1: I'm I'm sure there's some sort of registering you have to do that I would not do because I don't register for shit until I'm forced to. In fact, I think Angelina and I might be Adam and Barbara for Halloween.
0: Oh, nice! Fairly easy costumes. Yeah. Unless you're going for the stretched out face version, in no. which case that's incredibly complicated.
1: They've got masks for those. Uh, did our friends Zach and Corey do that for Halloween one year? Or is it just that Zach has a plaid shirt that reminds me of Adam's shirt? And I always think you should do that sometime for Halloween.
0: I don't have a specific memory, but that, that seems like something they would do.
1: Yeah. I bet, but it, so if they've done it, I don't want to do it.
0: Just ask him. Yeah, there's that. Or just do it better. (laughs) On, I guess, a costuming note, Beetlejuice does not wear his iconic striped suit until the very end of the movie. Yeah. Like, he's wearing different things all the way through, and only in, like, the last scene with him in it is he wearing the striped suit that became the Beetlejuice suit.
1: Yeah, and he's not even... He doesn't even wear it for that long, because then he switches into his... Uh, wedding tuxedo
0: yeah and, and half of the time that he's wearing it he's he's like the weird carnival yeah. thing that uh still technically wearing a striped suit thing but that's a little different that's so interesting the how how iconic it became
1: you know and like we we'd spoken in our ghosts episode because i used beetlejuice as my favorite use in pop culture we'd spoken about um about how beetlejuice only has like 18 minutes of screen time out of like 90 something minutes and, and apparently, uses them
0: so damn well.
1: Well, and apparently, Michael Keaton was only shooting for like two weeks. Really? Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's wow. fucking
1: wild. And um, with that wardrobe, he uh, the reports are the legend is that he called costumes and said, "Just send me a whole rack of clothes from different time periods, and I'll put them together myself." And I don't know which which uh, costume it was. I imagine it's the one with, like, the, the tour guide cap or something, you know, in the trench coat. Um, but he, was, he showed up on set one day having done his own costume and was afraid he'd, he'd gone too far. And apparently the, uh, the crew started chanting juice when he walked in. Juice, juice, juice. Like, he apparently knocked it out of the park because um, it's so nondescript.
0: Yeah, it's weird that that became his, I mean, I guess it was the most distinct costume he wore. Yeah. For sure. The most marketable. Yeah, uh, yeah, the most recognizable, because the other stuff is just kind of, you know, like hobo clothes or the tuxedo. Like, imagine, like, if the tuxedo, the last thing he was wearing happened to be, you know, that's what they went with. Like, that's the Beetlejuice suit. Like, it'd be just as valid. Yeah, yeah. Maroon tuxedo. I mean, I think he wore, like, the trench coat the most.
1: Yeah, probably, because, yeah, he wore it when when they were down there, when he first popped out. And then I think he was also wearing it when he did, like, the spike thing. Yeah. Or he was wearing something similar, at least. Which, that turned into an action figure.
0: Yeah, little, I remember A little
1: that. spikety. And also, shrunken head Beetlejuice. And I think tuxedo Beetlejuice was also there. So, I mean, that's something to touch on that I don't I don't really know much about at all. Like, unfortunately, there are things outside of the movie and the cartoon that I didn't have much exposure to. Like, there was a comic book that was based on the uh, the cartoon. And I... I went to look some of that up and, and, uh, boy, those things, it's gotta be the same thing as with like, um, the old Ninja Turtles comic books and the old Sonic comic books where they just had such low print runs that they are rare. Like I'm not, you're not going to find a Beetlejuice comic book for under 30 bucks. Yeah,
0: I remember seeing them at like Rayleighs, at like the local supermarket on the rack. Occasionally. I don't think I ever bought one because I mean. I wasn't that into Beetlejuice. I didn't need to read a Beetlejuice comic. I had the Beetlejuice cartoon at home.
1: Yeah, they had Superman on the rack. Why do I need Beetlejuice? Yeah. Um, So yeah, and then there was also a Beetlejuice musical, which the little one and I watched like one song from, and it made me so angry. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I got so angry watching that. I don't like musicals for the most part, as it is. Yeah, they're awful. And this was just fucking terrible and dude had like hair almost as short as mine it was just semi-green come on costumes like get some effort get beetlejuice hair what are you what are you doing i don't know it just uh, why i mean to make money that's why but
0: yeah on that weird venn diagram crossover of beetlejuice fans and musical fans i guess there's got to be a few of those out there yeah i mean all the all the nightmare before
1: christmas weirdos must love music there's music in that
0: so like what beetlejuice but with music
1: that's amazing
0: yeah I, I like nightmare before christmas in spite of i mean the music is good in it like i like i i'm into it it's okay but like i would be fine if it was if it, they didn't sing at all in that
1: yeah uh weird possible hot take i don't like nightmare before christmas i don't hate it But I just, I never, ever got into it. I've I've never had the desire to watch it. I don't know. I don't get it. I like the craft of the stop motion animation. Like I would. Oh, it's a beautiful movie. I would gladly watch a like documentary on the making of Nightmare Before Christmas. But I don't, I don't give a shit about the movie. So take that. Yeah. Whoever. Musical
0: uh, Tim Burton fans.
1: (laughs) Um, Do you want to talk a favorite use of pop culture? Yeah, sure. I'll let you go first. Since we just went over a bunch of pop culture. Um, so here's the thing. You and I were speaking about this before the episode, and you brought up something that I had thought of earlier when I was going over this, too. That Like, this thing... I mean, it's clear that the movie is the best thing. You know? like uh, yeah. there, there have been cartoons and comic books and musicals and action figures, but the movie's better than all that. So what's your favorite use in pop culture? Oh, it's the movie. Yeah, but... We need something else. So, I decided to come up with my favorite recent use in pop culture. It's like I I you know, I've experienced things over the years, but none of them are are better than the movie. None of them stick. But just recently, I came across something that just tickled me and I and I I was I was ready for it. I was in Spirit Halloween store the other day or probably a week or two ago. And they've got these these stuffed characters for Beetlejuice and they are just the most adorable fucking thing in the world. (laughs) I think I'm going to go buy at least the Adam and Barbara ones. Cause they are when they're in there,
0: like the whole cast or something or
1: they, they have Beetlejuice, Adam, Barbara, and then the beauty pageant, uh, civil servant, um, which is weird. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but the, the Adam and Barbara ones, it's in their like grotesque form. But when they're stuffed and, like, just the little, the little fuzzy eyeballs on his fingies and they're so fucking adorable. So <laughs> that is my current favorite use in pop culture. You searching for something? You don't want to let our
0: fan down? Uh, yes, I wanted to get the words right. Uh, I, I, oddly enough, my favorite use in pop culture, thin as it may be, also comes from a spirit Halloween store. Yeah. Uh, and it is the knockoff, uh, juice demon costumes. Like I, I love, I love the, like the knockoff costumes where they can't say Beetlejuice cause it's not licensed. Wow. Does that exist? Yeah. Do you have a so, picture? And so they've got, uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Yeah. They've got, uh, juice demon. Oh, that's I think awesome. I've also seen one that said Beetle Guy, <laughs> 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 Because they can't use the, uh, the, oh, the real name. Oh, that's great. And, uh. Like, I love those costumes in general with knockoff names. But, uh, like I said, there's not a lot out there that, I, that I'm really super into about this movie other than the, the the movie. Yeah. So, uh, that's what I'm going with. Have you ever dressed up as Beetlejuice? I have not. No. Neither have I.
1: I. I got a little makeup kit when I was a kid where I had like stuff that you could put on your teeth to make them green. But yeah, I've never actually dressed up as Beetlejuice. I feel like. There are too many times where I've seen somebody dressed up as Beetlejuice and I look at them and I go, you're not fucking Beetlejuice. You look like a fucking dickhead.
0: <laughs> like whether it's Universal Studios
1: or or just some oh, okay. some fucking slob on the street trick or treating. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You're not fucking Beetlejuice. If you can, I mean, if you can dress up and you can at least get like some of the mannerisms and the voice down, if you can do a convincing Beetlejuice voice while in costume. I think that would sell it, but I guess which voice do you use? Because one thing I love in Beetlejuice is you know how wacky and crazy he is with his gravelly voice, and then when they ask him for his qualifications, yeah, he's, he's like, he's "Actually, just- I studied at Juilliard, blah, blah blah, before attending Harvard Business College." Blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, I love that! I love that little character break." Otherwise, it's like nice and stupid too. I don't know, but maybe one day you want to dress up as Beetlejuice uh, this Halloween.
0: I've already well, got my costume planned oh, this
1: hell- What are you gonna be? Oh, oh wait, should we save it for the Halloween episode? Yeah, why not? Oh, because I wanna know, that's why.
0: <laughs> oh, I hate waiting. Me and Anigo Montoya. I hate waiting. And if you were gonna be Beetlejuice, I think being tuxedo Beetlejuice might be better than generic ass. Yeah. It, like, like it's almost too easy to go by the striped Beetlejuice. Yeah, suit and and, and, I mean. and I'm just I'm I'm not
1: generally a fan of just a store-bought costume but i think that's also let's see i think i've always enjoyed oh shit halloween episode
0: <laughs>
1: gonna hold on to that one oh uh, okay um how about one word review time yeah i'm gonna go with a word you used earlier that i feel you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> oh let's see if it's the one bombastic yeah. okay no i won't no. take no it. you can have it you can have it um Beetle guy. No, um,
0: no, no, no. um, we can have the same word. Who cares? Yeah, whatever. It means we're right. (laughs) Um, I
1: mean, and it speaks for itself. That's all I have to say. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) If, if you're wondering why I picked that word, listen to the last hour and a half. No, I mean, this is, this is super bombastic and Tim Burton, you know, coming off of a movie that was already, Pretty bombastic in Pee Wee's Big Adventure, you know. Like this was this was what he did back then. He did wacky, goofy, quirky, oddball. You know, just wow. There's a lot of one words there. Yeah, there you go. Um, that uh, stuff that that was just not normal. It was out of the ordinary, and it was fucking fantastic. Like it 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 made you laugh, and it made you think in a way. You know, not not like it didn't make you ponder anything but it made you just like 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 view things in a different way. And I think that was really good for for kids our age. You know, that that we're just we're seeing things that that we're not going to see in a regular Steven Spielberg family-friendly movie, which which are are great, you know, like those movies are great. No nothing no, not knocking them at all, but it's good to see something from left field every once in a while. And the the character that Michael Keaton and Tim Burton came up with together is one that's just fucking strong and hilarious and, you know, will will last for a long time. E- even so much that 36 years later, they're making a sequel finally.
0: And he's just so much fun to spend time with on screen. Yeah. Like, like every minute. that minutes. Juice is on screen is fun. And like, that's what you're looking forward to, you know, throughout the movie. That's true. Now, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think on the same vein, you know, bombastic, like over the top, like just everybody in this movie, with the exception of the Maitlands, like they're like the fish out of water being the semi-normal people surrounded by over the top insanity. Like the Dietzes are all absolutely nuts. Yeah. The You know, even Lydia, who's like the sympathetic one, it, you know, is so, you know, um... Strange and unusual, absurdly goth and absurdly like <laughs> dark. <laughs> yeah, she's
1: gonna throw herself off a bridge, <laughs> yeah, gonna... so she can be a ghost with the Maitlands.
0: And she's she's eating her dinner with a with a funeral veil on. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> like, <she's> just absurd. <laughs> and, you know, and then the, you know the rest of the deities are just as absurd. Otho's completely wacky. Yeah, you know the, all of the people in the afterlife are over the top. Beetlejuice is, uh, you know, the most insane of them all. And they're just trying to like navigate the craziness as the normal sensible people.
1: They are John's Mormon family watching Beetlejuice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, what yes. is happening here? Yeah. And it's I, I it's love, so fun. I love that Beetlejuice's uh, fright for, uh, for Otho was to put him in like a powder blue suit. Yeah.
0: Ah! It's just a good... Old fashioned, fun ride of a movie too. Like like it's it's a nice tight like ninety minutes. There's you know like I don't have a whole lot of criticisms for this movie. Like it's you know I I I don't think I'd go as far as say it's you know like a perfect film. Yeah, but it's damn close. Like it's it you know it's fairly tight. The you know it has setup, it has payoff, it kind of covers its own theme. The acting is great. The production quality is great. Like I don't have a lot of bad things to say about Beetlejuice. It's just a nice ninety. It's ninety minutes of good time, and I I miss that. I don't need three hour movies all the time. Like I, I and I've I've got a sneaky suspicion the sequel is going to come out and it's going to be two and a half fucking hours long and have a bunch of CGI and I'm going to be pissed.
1: I was I was just thinking to myself I was like. Man, there is so much praise going on right now. Like, do I or do I not ask for what you hope for in the sequel? Because I feel like I'm just going to open a can of bitching worms.
0: I I don't yeah I don't know if I have hopes for the sequel. Like, <laughs> I mean, I hope it's not bad, but like what what I hope it is, I'd like to see Michael Keaton do more Beetlejuice. And he like he came back and did Batman well. Like he stepped right back into it, and so if he can step right back into Beetlejuice, like. I would like to see more Beetlejuice, but, I mean, uh, I don't know. I just, I don't know how they, I, I don't have a lot of confidence that they're going to pull it off, but
1: yeah. Cause I'm Tim, hoping. I mean, Tim Burton hasn't made a movie that I've enjoyed in probably 30 years and he's made a lot of movies. Yeah. I think what'll be fun about this, um, as opposed to Batman is that like Batman was a very one note character. Like Michael Keaton's Batman was very one note. So there wasn't so much that he was going to do coming into this. Like, sure, they got to give him a few funny moments, uh, you know, when he came back for Flash. But with Beetlejuice, it's a, he's a character that's not bound by any rules, as we discussed earlier. So Michael Keaton has had 36 years to, I mean, I'm sure he hasn't just been sitting here dwelling on it, but I'm sure he's thought about it every once in a while, like, what else would I have done with Beetlejuice?
0: Yeah, had some, what else like could a cool thought pop into his head, like, oh, that would have been fun for Beetlejuice. Yeah, and, and now he's, he's going to have
1: an entire sequel, to, And, and I mean, Tim Burton's not, not the kind of guy that, that, you know, when he's talking to Michael Keaton and, and actually getting him to finally do a, a Beetlejuice sequel, even though I'm sure it was tough for everybody here and there, but he's not going to be like, oh, hey, uh, Michael, I got this. Uh, why don't you shut up? You know, the, the, we're not, we're not just starting out anymore. I'm a filmmaker. You know, like he's, he's going to be listening to Michael Keaton. God, I hope so. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, working with him. Yeah. Not, not, not letting Michael Keaton trample all over him.
0: It looked like Michael Keaton had a ton of fun playing yeah. Beetlejuice too. Like, I think he really enjoyed the opportunity. Like I said, I'm I'm excited to see more of that, um, but hoping it's not surrounded by a bunch of turds. (laughs) Well,
1: yeah, and apparently that movie is, I heard like 98% finished and they just have like a couple days of reshoots that they have to do. But because of these fucking strikes, they have not been able to do them. Movie's almost done, but I think, I think its release date did get pushed back like six months or something.
0: Did Tim Burton find a way to squeeze Helena Bonham Carter into this one?
1: No, they broke up. So I don't think so he has he to do that anymore. Yeah. anymore? We'll see if that? Monica Bellucci shows up in this because <laughs> that is his current girlfriend.
0: <laughs>
1: oh, Tim. He does good for himself, though. Weird little Robert Smith hobbit he is. Yeah. Monica Bellucci. Woo. I'd love to see her in a gold dress. Hey, maybe that'll be her role in this one. She'll be the gold dress The gold, the gold dress butt, butt lady. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that gold butt. In Aww. fact, if, if we ever do a Beetlejuice episode with gate leapers or something, the trophy should be just the gold butt.
0: That, that could be your muse. <laughs> it totally <laughs> would be. Uh. <laughs> uh. All
1: right. Well, we did it. Yeah, it's done. All right, folks. Well, thank you very much for uh, crossing over into the neither world with us. Um, If you'd uh, like to let us know how we did today or like to say, hey, welcome back, guys, or it was good seeing you or hey, you guys really fucking suck since you've been away for a while. um, You can do it by hitting us up at email at GeeksplorationPodcast.com. You can find us on the social medias at Geeksploration, the podcast Facebook page, Geeksploration Podcast on Instagram and geek explore pod on twitter or like i said earlier call us do it at 916 orcturd that is 916 o r c t u r d
0: and if you enjoyed this episode uh, or any of the ones we did long long ago go leave us a five cock honk review on apple podcast podcast or podchaser we're still part of the uh, the Geekly Grind podcast network. We've got swag at Uh we got a Discord. We're uh, human beings. Uh, and uh, our theme song is "Cruising for Goblins by Kevin MacLeod of incompetech.com. And remember,
1: it obviously doesn't do you any good to pull your heads off in front of people if they can't see you.